0: Each and every week, I'm going to help you bust through the crap that's holding you back and break down the simple habits and mindset shifts that will help you rock every aspect of your life. Are you ready to do the things that most people won't so that you can live the life that most people can't? Here we go. Sasha, I am so excited to dig into all of this with you. Before we dig into the meat of it, can you just tell our listeners who you are, how you kind of started getting into all of this work? And I just want them to really know who you are before we get started.
1: Mike, I'm so happy to be here with you too. Um, So, my name is Sasha Hines, um, and I am a developmental psychologist and a mindset coach. Um, I maybe that seems like a weird combo to uh, have a doctorate in developmental psychology and then also be a coach and a mindset coach, but they're very related because the work of adult development uh, is very much the work of your cognitive development and gaining perspective. So letting go and evolving, it's not even letting go. If you think about like concentric rings of a tree as the tree's growing, we need to evolve out of the belief systems we had at younger ages of our, you know, of who we were. And yeah, what happens is we age, is we have these beliefs that we continue to have, you know, bring along with us. Sometimes there are beliefs that we picked up at five, sometimes 15, they're normally not very sophisticated. Thoughts like, um, you know, if I don't do X, Someone says going to be disappointed in me. And if someone's disappointed in me, I'm going to die. Okay. Or I'll be alone with no friends. Okay. That's not a very sophisticated belief system. It's very black and white,
2: but introducing Wondersuite from bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite.
3: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.
1: have these belief systems, they don't grow as we've grown. So the work of adult development is to evolve our cognitive frame, evolve the way we think, um, become more mature in our, perspective making or meaning making systems need to evolve as we evolve and grow older. And so, um, you know, I think my work as a developmental psychologist is so is so much about helping people evolve and grow their mindset, which is always the thing that's holding us back Yeah, for everyone. So yeah. I think that um, I have one of the most important jobs in the world and that's helping people get out of their own way.
0: I love it so much. And it's funny that you're like, it's kind of odd how those two go together. When I was getting to know who you are and I was stalking you on Instagram, I'm like, this is like the perfect combination. Like she's got all of the sciencey knowledge and background and then you can go and coach your clients and like, they can put it in play. So I think it's beautiful. And I, I'm,
1: I'm, I love it. So I love being able to do the theory and out on the uh, intellectual stuff, but then helping people put it in practice is always where the rubber meets the road. Everything's nice in theory. Everything's interesting in theory. Everything is way harder in practice. So I I think it's probably the part of my job. I enjoy the most is the work with clients. I love it.
0: So what have you, before we dig into, I want to dig into the, I, I want to hear the sciency stuff because that's, that's the stuff that I think is so intriguing and makes everything else make sense. When you understand why we're doing the things we're doing, it's then easier to be like, okay, now I can shift it. Now I can, now I understand how that's not serving me, why it's there. And then we can move through it. How have you noticed just with everything I want to touch first on what everyone has been going through the past, I mean, almost two years, 18 months, two years Mm -hmm. with the world, the pandemic, the government, the everything, the social stuff. Have you noticed like certain things are helping people get through this and in a better way versus the people who might stay struggling, stay feeling like it's controlling them, feeling like it's heavy, feeling like they're stuck because so much chaos is around them. How can we help our listeners just kind of move through this space in the most positive way possible?
1: Yeah. So, um, when we're resisting something, especially when we're resisting change, which is really what's happened in the last yeah. Few yeah. months, we've just been in a, just a churn cycle of very accelerated change. Um, people have different psychological threats. They get activated and some people are more activated by one threat than another. So we have an, an acronym um, to describe these threats. It's called SCARF. Uh, I think about it, it's like the little cozy little scarf that you wrap yourself around, right? That's like, you're trying to protect yourself from all of these scary things. And so S stands for uh, status. So anything that's a threat to your status anything, maybe your identity of some sort that, that can feel. So when we're making change, if something is a threat to our status, like being a beginner, no, thank you. I don't want to be that. That's right. right? Okay. So status, um, the C is for certainty. I mean, that's a big one that's been going on the last 18 months, right? People (laughs) that are really freaked out that, um, the world feels incredibly uncertain that all, you know, things that, we're just running along as normal or not anymore. And so that's really activated a lot of people. Um, so SCA is for autonomy. So our, our ability to make our own choices, feel that we are sort of um, captain of our own ship. So SCA and R is relationships. So anything it's a threat to our relationships. So of course, those early when we were quarantining and weren't allowed to see people, that was a big threat to our relationship, right? Yeah. And then F is fairness. You can also see, like, right, there's a lot of right now with what's going on um, with regard to vaccinations and stuff, there's a lot of people feeling, you know, on both sides of all of the things, like what's fair, what's not fair, right? So people are getting really activated. Now everyone is going to have a threat that feels maybe more intense to them. Like some people are, you know, uh, a threat to their status feels way more scary than maybe a threat to fairness, but someone may be wired the other way. So uh, it just depends on sort of what your psychological threat, you know, particular cocktails, psychological threats are, um, or which ones feel more intense to you. But, you know, if you think about what's happened in the last 18 months, just like a perfect, it's a tsunami of all of these, all of these different threats. Um, and so I think for most people uh, it's been a hard time. It's been a particularly challenging uh, experience but uh, especially i think for those that, that struggle with things they want the world to feel certain and if it's not certain they feel particularly threatened i think yeah. this last 18 months has been a real doozy
0: so that's so interesting i've never heard i've never heard those acronyms before and it's like the world has hit every single one of those every, them. Single, one of them. every single one in every a huge way one. Yeah. Yep. So what do we do then when we're feeling activated, when we're feeling like, Holy crap, like shiz has just hit the fan. What do you you, do?
1: Yeah. For those of you that are listening, you can think about like, which ones are being activated for you. Is it this feeling of like, I don't know what's coming down the pike that totally freaks me out. Or is it, um, you know, I, um, I feel that choices are being made for me and I can't deal with that. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, that's what's really bothersome. Or is it, you know, the way that things are unfolding isn't fair um, and that feels particularly, or is it this like I'm isolated from people and I can't travel and visit people or I don't have the same ease with seeing people when there's a threat to these relationships. So, you know, just sort of like what, um, or status it might be, you know, for someone, I'm thinking about people that do a lot of on stage speaking and they haven't been able to do that in the last yeah. eight months in the same way. So there could be a status threat. Like, I don't know who I am if I'm not that person. And that can be really, yeah. um, difficult and, and, um, and a challenge. So I think, you know, really thinking about for yourself, like, what is it that's activating me so, as opposed to just being like, I'm generally feeling activated to thinking more specifically about well, what aspect of this really is activating me. I love
0: that because then it gives you some direction. Like it gives you some focus around. Okay, how then can I move through this? Right.
1: What do I need to work on? What is it yeah. that I need to um, unpack and and like and really work through? Um. In what particular area is it?
0: I love that. I I wrote down those acronyms and I'm gonna do some soul searching afterwards. It's interesting because just within the recent last couple of weeks, I have become very passionate about certain things that are going on, and I'm like where did this come from? Like, because I've never been, I obviously have built a business online. I've tried to keep it pretty neutral around certain things because I don't want to ruffle feathers around certain things. Mm -hmm. And I've tried to like stay in my lane and then certain things happen. And I'm like, Oh no, Oh no. Like I, I take a stand at this point. And that's so interesting because it is one of those things. It is one of those, when I feel like my, my choices are being taken from me. Oh, that's when I step up and I go, no.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> So I love that you brought this up because I was having this
1: inner, like, where is this coming from? Like, oh my gosh, beautiful thing. And I mean, this is really the work I do with my clients. So the beautiful thing is the choice is never really taken from you because the only thing that we actually have any real control over is our response to the world. That's yes, it. Yes, it's like, true. No one chooses when they are born and when they die, you don't get that kind of control. Sorry, guys. Like you don't get have <laughs> to switch, you know? Um, and for those of you that struggle with certainty, like life is always uncertain. We
0: are. That's the only thing that's certain, uncertainty, right?
1: Seriously, I mean, we're, <laughs> we are little tiny specks spinning around on a ball in the middle of a vast universe with so many billions of galaxies and stars and planets that we don't even know about. We literally know nothing and we're making it all up as we go along. And so, you know, our job is to embrace that uncertainty without fear and be able to move forward. So all of this is an invitation for self-inquiry. All of this is an invitation for a deeper and more intimate relationship with yourself, which is ultimately what matters.
0: Yeah. I love that. It it definitely
1: activating you in the last two weeks. (laughs) Yeah. Well,
0: seriously, it definitely, it definitely everything new always gives us a new opportunity to like dig in and be like, okay. Like, yeah. how can I grow through this? This is just like a new, a new chapter, a new chapter. What is it going to look like? Yeah. And I think approaching it that way feels a lot lighter than what a lot of people have been doing. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, this is uh, not my wonderful turn of phrase. It's Albert Ellis, the brilliant, um, cognitive behavioral psychotherapist and, you know, he started REBT rational mode behavioral therapy, but anyway, along with Aaron Beck sort of was fomenting the the cognitive revolution of the 1960s and really changed the way that we practice psychotherapy. But Albert Ellis would always say like, stop masturbating, you know, because what we do is we, we have this, this, things must be this way. The future must look like this. People must treat me this way. You know, they ought to behave like this. And it gets us into so much trouble. Everything that we're angry about is almost always that we have some notion that there's a rule that somebody's violated, but the rule that we've made up is fairly arbitrary. I mean, we are animals, you know, so we've made up rules to be able to get along with each other, but we, you know, we get so angry at someone violating a rule and like, I, okay, but we get to choose whether or not we want to let that ruin our day or our month or our year. That's our, what we do have control over is how we show up, not how someone else shows up, how we show up, right? In the beginning, the minute we get into someone else's business and try to tell them what they ought to do or what they must do, we are in big trouble. Yeah. Not and I think feeling good.
0: Yeah. And we're seeing so much of that. Like mm-hmm. so much oh, happening right so now so like, much, everybody's yeah. an
1: opinion about what other people should be doing with themselves. Yep. Right? So I, I, I'm not saying that I mean, it's a very normal and natural human thing to do. Nothing's wrong if you're doing, if that's where we all do it, but it's going to make you feel horrible because you're not going to be able to control a thing. Anybody else does. Yeah. Without some kind of coercion, which is not where we want to go. So what we, what we get to focus on is staying in our own lane and focusing on us. How do I want to show up? What's the best choice for me? And hoping that we lead by example and by who we are and, and the choices that we make. And that doesn't mean you can't take a stand for something. Um, but recognize that you're taking a stand for you. You're not taking a stand to, for someone else to be different than they are.
0: Yeah. I love that so much. I love it. All right. I wanted it. That was beautiful. That gave me so much, like, just like a, a, a better perspective around everything because I was, I was kind of like internalizing this situation. Like what's, what is this? Like, what is happening to me? How is this? But that it just makes sense. I love that. Okay. I want to, I want to dig into thoughts for a little bit. I want to dig in. That is like your specialty. I feel like you're, that's something that everybody obviously deals with on a daily basis. How can we get to a place where our thoughts are not dictating just the spiral downwards. I feel like if we learn how to give them meaning, we learn how to react. We learn how to kind of the, we have the thought and then what mm-hmm. let's, let's kind of help our listeners who might be struggling with negativity or with doubts or with fears. How can we feel those things like listen to that thought and then just be more proactive in a, in more positive way with what we do after we get that thought?
1: Well, I mean, the first thing to recognize is that all of our thoughts, we make them all up. Everybody does, right? We, 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 there are some, and the situation, the sort of external situations of our lives, everybody can have a different thought about them. So they're neutral. That doesn't mean they're good or bad. It just means they're neutral. It means that you know, I mean, to use sort of a, a, a like, I'll use an example from a coaching I just did this morning. Um, you know, I have a client who's writing a um, script, and she's writing a script, and she happens to be in her 50s, um, in her early 50s, and she has the thought, I'm too old to do this, right? Okay, but someone else could have the thought, like, oh, I now have time to do yeah. that. Um, someone else could have the thought, like, oh, I now have the wisdom to, or like the freedom to express myself that I didn't have in my thirties. Yeah. In my early fifties, there's so many different thoughts. I mean, those just three, but Lord, we could have any, (sighs) right. There's any thoughts that are possible. Um, But the thought that she's picking is it's too late. I've missed the boat. You know, my colleagues got there first. Yeah. If there's some finite amount of writing in the world, as if there's never going to be another script. It's like the the allotment of scripts has been um doled out and she didn't get she didn't get one. Her journey is now not going to be. She's not allowed to write a script because she missed it. It's like, right? It doesn't make any sense. But right. We do. Anyone who's listening to this who's has that thought, I'm too old, that's exactly what you're doing. And so, anyhow, so this is the thought that she's picking. And when she's telling herself this right? Each thought. So, you know, you have an external situation that's that's neutral again. And I mean, by neutral, it's not good or bad. It just means that you make it mean what you want to make it mean. That you have the great, um, you know, agency to make that situation mean what you want it to mean. That's what you get that opportunity in your own yeah. brain. Um, and then, so then those situations activate a thought in us, And the thought then creates an emotion. And for her, the emotion that it created was disappointed. She felt so Mm -hmm. disappointed already. It's like, nothing's gone wrong. She's actually working on the script, but since she's telling herself it's too late, she's like feeling disappointed in advance, right? For something that hasn't happened yet. Okay, so she feels disappointed. And then when she's feeling disappointed, our our emotions then create our actions. Our emotions are sort of like information telling our body what to do, right? So she feels disappointed and then, what does she go do the action she takes as well she sort of she's like I I I lie down I I I so she's like sometimes I physically just like lay down I was like yeah that makes sense I get that um um wander around the house finding something to do like I mean this is so typical right I mean Me too. Like raise your hand, right? We all do this. I feel disappointed in advance of something that I think isn't going to go the way I want it to go. And then I'm just going to go busy myself with other things to distract. So I'm going to go to my to-do list. I'm going to check my email. I'm going to go run an errand. So I have something to feel like the little hit of relief that I did something, right? Um, Okay, fine. And then the Right then, the result then our actions are what create the results that we, for ourselves. That's the results that we create, and the result is, right, not working on the script or not working on the piece of writing or kicking the can down the road for whatever the person is saying. Like you know, it's too late for me, right? And then it does become later and later and later.
3: That's the yeah. result
1: you create. So the reality that you're creating, you're creating that reality, not by your age by the thought you're thinking, by the thought in your brain. The thought in your brain is the, the acronym I use to, for this sort of, it's like a you know, linear CBT model is essentially what this is, right? A linear cognitive model. I call the STEER map because, you know, situation is S, thought is T. The thought then creates your emotion. E, spelled incorrectly, but you get the idea. The E creates your actions. Our, our emotions generate our actions. The A, our actions create a result. So you've got, you know, with the thought I'm too old, I've missed the boat. You continue to kick the can down the road and get delay things and miss the boat. You create that result. You give yourself evidence that the thought you're thinking is actually true, but it's not true. It's just an opinion. Yeah. It's just an interpretation. It's just a narrative. It's a story. And it's a story that creates a crappy result. It's well, it creates a result you don't actually really want. It's a result that you want in the moment because it feels really like relief. You don't have to. You're when you kick the can down the road, it creates a momentary feeling of relief. The pressure is relieved, right? That's what procrastination is. You feel yeah. relief, but in in the long run, the long term result that you create is you 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 create. You make the thought true. You make it true with your actions, with your thoughts, emotions, actions. You make that result. You make the thought true. So, you know, we have to be really thoughtful, um, no pun intended, about <laughs> what we're using, what we are allowing, what stories we are allow ourselves to tell.
0: That's powerful. So how then do we... So, I love the idea that a thought is neutral. I think that that relinquishes well, so much. The
1: situation is neutral. The external oh,
0: the situation, situation is neutral. Is neutral. Okay. I love that because that takes the pressure off almost. It's like, okay, how am I viewing this? It, it allows us to kind of just be just open about what's actually going on. What thought did now, I just I want have? To
1: be clear. I'm not saying that like there are things that happen in the world that are pretty horrific. Okay? Of course. Like, but what I'm saying is that in that the situation that's occurring, something, one person may feel angry. the another person may have a thought that creates anger. Another person might have a thought that creates grief. Yeah. Right? Another person may have a thought that creates paralysis. So that what I mean by neutral is truly neutral. I don't mean like everything's all good. Right. Right. I mean that where our freedom lies is in the, how the we meaning. interpret and the meaning making system that we have and what we, the meaning we make out of the things that are going on in the world.
0: Yeah. So yeah. I think, I think we all either have been in a place where we've f- put a lot of negative meaning or a lot of just, we've seen things in a negative light, or we know someone who same situation, we're viewing the same thing. And yet they're like completely putting so much negative meaning behind it. So how do we, how do we change? How do we, like stop ourselves from doing that.
1: Like the first step. So I I think, I think that you want to engage in this work, like a social scientist. So, which means we want the hypothesis here is like, you know, the assumption and we call it an assumption. The big assumption here is like, I'm, it's too late. I'm too old. I missed the boat. Like that's the narrative. Okay. But those are all assumptions. Right. Um, and the world may validate some of these assumptions, but you can also dispute these assumptions and test out like with the rigor of a social scientist, like, is this actually true? Is this an actual accurate statement? Okay, well, right off the bat, I can say like, I don't know, Edith Egger, um, she's a psychologist who um, has just written in her last five years, I think she's written two New York Times bestselling books in her nineties. She got her PhD at 50 nice and survived the Holocaust. Like has had the most incredible life and she didn't even start her career until she was 50 years old. She's had a longer career than most people have that started 25. <laughs> and she's in her nineties and she's working still with patients and she does PTSD work with vets and she's has a very fulfilling career and she's 92 or 93 years old. That's amazing. And, like, that's Edith Egger. She started, but she, She had this thought too, it's too late, I'm too old. And one of her her friends at the time said, well, you're gonna turn 50 anyway. So what do you have to lose, right? Like you're gonna, don't give me this, you're too old. Like you're gonna turn that age anyway. Do you wanna turn that age with a PhD or not? (laughs) Yeah. Right? So anyhow, she went on to get her PhD in her fifties and then has had this lifelong incredible career. She's changed people's lives and and has had a a deeply fulfilling career into her nineties. What an interesting life. And, you know, and I was thinking about the other person that was like off the top of my head came to mind. I'm thinking, oh, what about Angela Lansbury? You know, she had a career as an actress early on. She then left acting to focus on her family and be a mother. And then she got back into acting with the role that she got in Murder, She Wrote, which by the way, she didn't get until she was in her early 60s. Like the, the, her most successful chapter of her career began at 60. So I'm not saying like, you know, off the top of my head, I can come up with two examples of how that statement is inaccurate. right. Okay. But if I was actually doing some like digging around, I could find so many examples. Do you feel like, do you feel like that's part of the essential process? Like if you're dealing with these
0: thoughts about a situation that aren't serving you, do you feel like looking for social proof is empowering? Is that necessary?
1: I think it's a very safe and easy way to test your assumption. So if the assumption is like, I'm too old, I've missed the boat. Okay. Well, let's a very safe way that it doesn't feel like you're putting yourself on the line in any way that's scary. A great first step could be, I'm just going to look for evidence that maybe for some other people, this wasn't true. I love that. So we're just like opening a door. We're opening a crack. Like, okay, because we want to wiggle this thought loose. So at first we're like, let's just like wiggle it a wee bit. It's not going to let you hold on to your belief. You can still hold on to your little lovey. That's (laughs) (laughs) But let's like maybe think about like, okay, so now we get to tell it a different, like, okay, so it's different. Like for other people, it's not too old, but for me, it's too old. I've missed the boat. Okay, great. Now we're dealing with a different thought. Like now we've, we're getting closer to the meat of it. Yeah. Okay. So then we're like cutting out the fat on the end of it. Like, let's get to the, the core belief system here. What's the core assumption, right? So Um, that would be one easy way to start to test it. It could be, um, you know, then maybe you want to look for examples of people that are maybe don't seem like famous celebrity, you know, unicorns looking for people in your own community that started an endeavor later on in their life. And by the way, you'll find tons of examples, tons, tons, but you don't see them because you're not looking for them. You don't see them because you've, you're old, you're, you've kind of given your, the focus of your brain is, oh, I'm only looking for evidence that it's too much. I'm t- too old. I've missed the boat. Like, I'm just using this as an example, but right. Like you're not, everything else is completely unavailable to you. You can't see it. It's opaque, but it's there.
0: Yeah. And that's such a powerful reminder. Like, it's like when you go and buy a car and you're like, I don't, I thought I was the only one who had this car. Then all of a sudden you start to see them all over the place. And you're like, what the heck? That's exactly what we do on a daily basis.
1: Right. It's like when you're, I mean, I, when I was pregnant, I would think like before I was pregnant, I never even noticed pregnant people. And nobody's pregnant. The minute you become pregnant, isn't everybody, Everybody. everybody's pregnant. (laughs) Where did you come from? Oh my God. There's (laughs) this Every street, every store, yep. no way. There's some, another pregnant woman here. And all of a sudden everybody seems pregnant to me. It's like, nothing's changed. Yeah. I just wasn't paying attention to them before. And now I am right yeah. now. That seems like important information. Whereas before it was irrelevant information. My brain was filtering it out. Okay. But here's the thing, what you then, once you start doing this process of disputing and questioning your assumption, what well, you begin to realize you're like, Ooh, yeah, I don't want to give up my story. That it's I'm too old and I miss the boat because then I have to deal with my other assumption, which is I'm just not, I just don't have what it takes.
0: Taking a quick time out from the show to make sure you know about the free video series that I just rolled out. This is specifically for my entrepreneur friends. And it is all about the three main disempowering beliefs that are likely stealing your joy and keeping you stuck in your business. So if you feel like you want to dig into this stuff and learn more about it so that you can move through it, go to michafulsomefit.com slash three blocks.
1: Number three blocks. I'm really not that talented. I'm not good enough. Whatever it is that's actually beneath that story. Okay. So most people don't really want to let go of their stories. As I said, they're like, their little lovies. They protect you. Yeah. Like I just, yeah. when it comes down to it, they're like, this is my story and I'm sticking to it. Why? Cause it feels protective, mm-hmm. it protects them from feeling difficult feelings like disappointment, like vulnerability, like embarrassment or shame or, you know, helplessness or anger, whatever the difficult feeling is. And so we have these little narratives that we construct around ourselves as little, they're like our little citadel. They protect us from feeling uncomfortable feelings.
0: So basically you're telling us that in order to really step into that fuller version of you, you've got to be willing to do the digging. You've got to be willing to uncover some of that stuff that we've just kind of been protecting. Really?
1: It's going to feel vomitous. Yeah. Yeah. feels horrible because you're <laughs> going to have to actually sit with like, it's possible that I am going to feel disappointed, but you know what? I'm going to be able to put my head on my pillow at the end of it all and say, I, I went for it. I did it. Yeah. I tried. But I love it. The beautiful thing is that the good news is you're going to be accomplishing things moving forward as your future self who believes different things than you believe now like right now present you might believe like if i if i don't succeed in a month at this new business i'm starting like this is what i deal with with my clients they're like i'm starting a new business and i only have you know 10 clients and i'm a failure i'm like what you have 10 clients like that's incredible right yeah And they, but instead like the the neutral fact is they have 10 clients they're choosing to believe that that's not good enough as opposed to like oh my gosh how incredible that i managed to find 10 clients yeah 10 people want to work with me 10 people want to buy this product program, whatever that I've created. Um, One thought creates excitement and some kind of expansive emotion, which is by the way, going to foment a lot more motivation and movement. The other thought, which is like, you know, I failed, it's not enough. I'm not good enough. It's not as good as so-and-so, right? I'm going to compare and despair. That creates feelings of shame, embarrassment, disappointment, whatever those emotions are and that is going to create a whole different set of actions normally actions normally inaction right some kind of like procrastinating hiding not giving it your all half-assing it etc yeah so if you see the two results that both of those thoughts would create yeah totally one would create a result of More energy, more momentum, and right, probably creating more clients. The other one is going to create more like stall, stuckness.
0: Yeah. So it's really just becoming hyper aware of how, what meaning we're giving certain situations that's then creating the thoughts. That's then obviously the emotion, the action, the result. So if someone is not getting the result they want in some area of their life, it would be very worthwhile to kind of rewind, mm-hmm. and okay, where what thoughts are that are at the core of this, and yeah. how can I be proactive about shifting those thoughts?
1: Right. If you think about it the, in the reverse order, right. So it's like if you have a result, what's the result you're creating? Think about it the other way around. What are the actions I've taken to create this result? Honest. You got to be radically honest with yourself. What actions have I taken or not taken? Someone had a video camera on me, what would they be seeing? We're so often we're like so devastated by results we're creating when we're like not even working towards the result we say we want.
0: Yeah. I see that a lot. I'm a I'm a health and wellness coach, and I see that a lot. People will be frustrated with the results they're getting. But then when we really dig into like the actions they're taking, they're like, oh yeah, I'm still eating crap. I'm still doing this. And I'm like, well, you can't be frustrated with your results then. Like you just can't, you've Mm got to be honest and say, okay, if this is what I'm doing, this is yielding this result. Like it is what it is. So it's just like,
1: well, then we have to understand what is the thought that's creating those actions, right? So we're moving back up the map. And the question would be, what's the thought? Is the thought like, doesn't matter anyway, nothing I do ever works. Yes. Now every woman in my family struggles with our weight. Okay, those are thoughts that make me not want to get out of bed either. Yeah. Right? Those are are thoughts that make me want to throw in the towel. I get it. No one, you're not, people aren't dumb. If you're thinking that something is an act of futility, that's not going to make a difference in your life. If you're going to put all this effort in and you're not going to get a result from it, why in the world would you do it? very rational. Totally. Right. Don't beat yourself up about that. The the belief system that you need to work on is why are you telling yourself that no matter what you do, you're not going to change your result? Yeah. That's what you got to work on. So then with that,
0: how does someone, because this is very relevant. Yeah. We have lots of business owners who are listening who are like, okay, yeah. So-and-so has told me what to do to be successful. I've seen other people be successful but I still have that doubt in my head that if I put in the work, if I take away time from my family, if I'm doing all the things, it's still not going to work for me. How Mm -hmm. does someone tackle that belief? That's literally dictating everything else.
1: Right. Well, I mean, you, first of all, we need to understand how like we can thank that thought because it's like, thank you so much you're letting me stay in my cozy little like you know i mean this is the example i use with my clients i'm like we're like little mushrooms up to our neck in manure and we know that we're in manure and it smells gross and it's like damp and nasty but at the same time we're like but it's warm and i know where i am here so mm, i really want to do anything about this right so we're all stuck we're all stuck in our own little you know compost pile and we can thank our thoughts that let us stay there. Like it works for them, but it's not gonna work for me. And then the question is, is like, am I willing to try? Am I willing to risk disappointed? Am I willing to risk feeling disappointed? And maybe the answer is no. But when the answer finally gets to yes, you're like, I am willing to risk being disappointed to give it a try. And I'm gonna give myself three months. No one, no one in my family is gonna be devastated with me working my buns off for three months. Yeah. You know, it's gonna be okay. I'm gonna give it a try. I'm gonna to commit to a month. I'm gonna to commit to this protocol for a month and see what happens. And I'm not, and I'm gonna make a hundred, I'm gonna make a commitment, not not an intention, not a wish, a commitment. Commitment means 100 percent it.
0: Yeah. And so much think power happens with that decision. The everyone, decision.
1: Yeah. Think about like getting married. <laughs> you make a commitment to this person. That's what you do. So that the question of like, you know, am I committed in my marriage, right? We, we take it off the table. We're like, it's a given. we just make a decision. Like the minute you become a parent and you're like, I'm committed hundred percent to this kid. The question's not like, yeah, kind of not feeling it today. So I'm not going to show up. I'm going to, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to take a break for the next week. Uh, <gasps> I'll get back on this train. You know what? I'm going to get back on this train next Monday.
0: I use that. I use the motherhood analogy with my business. And as I'm entering coaches all the time. Cause it's 100% parallel. You don't just like not show up and change the fooby diapers. Yeah. You do it because you're committed. If, if people really showed up to their goals and dreams, whatever that looks like to their health journey, to their business, to their marriage, their relationships with that
1: same type of commitment,
0: their results would look entirely different.
1: Well, here's what I think. Like I think about this example. So like you're taking your kids to school Monday morning and let's say you're late. I mean, I'm, I'm speaking for a friend, Let's say you're taking your kids to school late. Okay. Okay. So, you know, as some of us do on occasion, bring your kids to school late. Okay. So I bring my kids to school late on Monday. I'm not like you guys. We were five minutes late this morning. So you know what we're going to do? screw oh it. God. We're not, we're just going to skip school the rest of the week. We didn't yeah. do it perfectly today. So we're done. We're good. we will start again next Monday. This is what everyone does with all of their, so their house. They're like, you blew, blew that workout today. Didn't show up. So, you know what, you know, I'll just start next Monday and have a clean sleep.
0: So true. Crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's
1: like, like What? Well, well, you know, it's a thought error. Yeah. Like you, you would never do that you get your kids to school five minutes late on Monday and you're like, whoops. All right. Well, you know what? Tomorrow we're going to get to school in time. But at the very least, you're like, no, 100% I'm getting my kids to school tomorrow. You know what we're going to do? We're going to get up and do it again. (laughs) And again, and again, and again, it doesn't matter that I was five minutes late. It doesn't matter. It's not even relevant. It's just like, here we are, we're going to show up and do it again. So, but when we comes to like health and wellness goals or other, or business goals, like, yeah, blew it today. So let's just blow it the whole week. And then I'll start again next Monday when I can start fresh and do it. Perfect.
0: Yeah. But yeah. Perfectionism. Is, oh man.
1: You're setting a new goal, a new shiny goal to relieve the feelings that we have about whatever yeah. quote unquote blowing it today.
0: Yeah, it's true. The, the all in, all out perfectionist thing. Oh man, that is like so detrimental. <laughs> I feel like that's one of the biggest struggles in health and in business is that I'm either hundred percent in, or I'm a hundred percent out. And like, there is a happy medium. Like there is a sweet spot in between all that, where you can still progress and still find harmony and still find joy and still evolve. Like it doesn't have to be hundred percent black and white. I feel like that's one of the biggest things that I hear as right. well.
1: And when I'm saying like hundred percent committed, what I mean is not perfection. What I mean is that you're like, Good I'm decision, going though. to persevere yes, no matter what. Absolutely. Even When it doesn't go perfectly, even when I, you know, plateau, even when, um, I don't do something as well as I think I could have done, I'm still going to move forward towards my goal, no matter what. Exactly. Exactly. It's that, it's that
0: destination mindset. Like there is a line in the sand destination that I need to go to. And then I can stop. It's like when we don't have a destination, when we just like are committed to the process, it's so much. Oh my gosh. That's where so much growth happens. Cause you no longer have that hanging over your head of like, all of the, all of the things, oh, I didn't do it right today. Oh, I'm too far off. Oh, I'm this. Oh, I'm that. And then you stop entirely. Whereas if you're just committed to a process of growth towards your goals and whatever, whatever that looks like, it's the ease is there. The you'll find your flow. You'll, you'll have more grace with yourself. And I feel like there's so much beauty in that.
1: Right. And I think that the process of uncovering your belief systems and the assumptions that you have that are really holding you back that haven't evolved as you've evolved, right? Um, You know, that once you, it it helps you be more compassionate with yourself because you're like, okay, I understand. I see you. I know you're feeling scared. I get it. I get it. You're really, really, really scared that, you know, you're going to seem like um, that it's not gonna work and you, someone's gonna say, I told you so, or you know, the belief that um, that you're gonna be proven that you weren't good enough. And that's like, that feels so terrifying and so scary. So like, once you really begin yeah. to understand yourself you can, that's when you begin to have compassion for yourself, right? Yeah. But, and like, but it's the same way that, you know what we do with our kids, we intuitively do this with children. If a child is coming to you and they're like, I just can't do it, I'm just not good enough. We're not like, you know what, that's, you're right. You're right. You're not, you're not, just don't do it. Just let it go. No, we're, that's not how we talk to kids. We're like, okay, well, I believe in you. And I think you should just go out there and give it a try. Yeah. You should. What if you're, what if you just give it a try today and see how it feels like this is how we talk to kids. We do not talk to ourselves like this.
0: So true. It's so true.
1: People are so mean to themselves. So mean. So mean. So mean. And like, I think that's number one is like when we begin to uncover what some of our beliefs that are holding us back, it really helps us to be so much more compassionate with ourselves. Because there's a little scared little nine year old in us. It's like, everyone's going to think I'm a loser. It's like, okay. Right. But if, if you are the, when you're the grown up actually talking to an actual nine-year-old who's like, I don't want to do the school play because if I mess up my line, everyone's going to think I'm a loser. We're looking at that little kid. We're like, oh my God, you're so cute that you think anyone's going to A, remember this or B, care in five, like, you know what I mean? Like we yeah. know that in, in 20 years, nobody cares. In a year, no one will care. In a week, nobody's actually going to care, right? We know that. We have that perspective because we've matured but we carry along little pieces of us that are still nine. Yeah. That are still reacting to the world like a nine year old. Like if I'm, if I goof up an email, I mean, I've had clients that are like, if I make a grammatical mistake on an email, everyone's gonna think that I'm not smart enough. I'm like, oh my Lord, (laughs) like if we lived like that, right? Like how exhausting is that? So what a terrifying day to live. I mean, I will make a grammatical mistake on almost every single email I send out. if someone isn't editing it for me, guaranteed, uh, you know, or I'm going to flub something, right? But we have, we can have, we have grace for other people. We don't have grace for ourselves, but when we begin to uncover what those belief systems are, those assumptions that feel very scary to us, we then have a starting point to be able to hold ourselves compassionately and hold our hand, our own hand, as we do scary things,
2: and I love it. And comfortable feelings.
0: Oh, I love all of this. I could talk to you forever and like unpack so much of this I stuff. Know, it's, it's,
1: it's, it's I love it. It's it's a really massive um, topic and things to discuss. Yeah. And but it, and it, what I will say, like sort of, you know, overall, is I the work of adult development is so important, and it is. Relegated to the cheesiest aisle in the bookstore, and that really makes me upset because, you know, we put so much energy and intention into child development, but you know what, your development matters too. We don't yeah. stop developing at age twenty-five. Yeah, That's what happens? We are continuing to develop from cradle to grave, but the you know we have we have the structure around child development. We we create milestones and markers and graduations and celebrations of these accomplishments over time. And then we hit adulthood and everyone's like, no, we're done.
3: You're supposed to
1: have it figured out. Yeah. You're supposed to be cooked. I'm like, no, we actually have to develop. There's a developmental arc for us in adulthood as well. And the only mistake is not engaging in that process and not continuing to grow and develop to not to, you know, to give up on being a more mature, sophisticated version of yourself 10 years from now.
0: Yeah. I love that. And kudos to all of our listeners because they are listening to the podcast because they are engaged in their growth. They They are willing to uncover some of this uncomfy stuff that's so essential in order to continue to evolve. So I love it. I love everything you do. I'm I like, want to go dig into more of your content and more of the stuff that you're all about. Where can people find you if they want to continue this? Yeah. Conversation? So, um,
1: I run a group coaching program called mind your mind. Um, it's, you can find out about it on my website, which is dr. And then follow me on Instagram at the same handle D R S A S H A H E I N Z. Um, and I do on, if you join my newsletter, I do pop-up coaching, you know, you can sign up. I cap it at 30. So it doesn't feel like unsafe and an unsafe environment, but I, you know, free coaching, it's like pop-up coaching for 30 people first come first serve. Um, and this is, we, we, we like dig into all of this, but in Europe, is in the hot seat gets coached. So, so cool. Yeah. So
0: cool. All right, you guys go find her on social. She, I promise will give you so much value. This work is so essential in whatever, whatever area of life you're in, like this will help you live such a more fulfilled life because you start to see the world differently. You start to see things differently. You view things, you think things, you feel things Yes, and you all deserve to, to just go through life in the best way possible. So why don't we do the work that it takes? And this is like the foundation.
1: Exactly. Every single change in your life is the expression of a mindset change. I love it. It's so powerful. And it's so true. I've
0: seen that a hundred times over in my own life. So Sasha, thank you so much. Thank you. You brought so much value. You're awesome. If you guys found value in this, share your 15-second nugget, your favorite nugget on Instagram. Tag her, Dr. Sasha Hines, tag me at Micah Folsom Fit. I love hearing what resonates with our audience. I love hearing there's always some golden nugget or some one liner or something that I'll get messages. And they're like, Oh my gosh, that was for me. And I'm like, yes, I'm so glad you pulled it from it. So I just want to just let you know how much I appreciate you sharing your knowledge and your wisdom and taking time with us today to be on the show. Um, and we'll
1: definitely have to have you back. Oh, so fun. Such a treat (laughs) for me. Thank you.
0: All right. Thank you, Sasha. And you guys, we will see you back here next week. See ya.